This is Harry Hog Football. On today's supplemental podcast, we finish up the interview with Jim Campbell, kicker for the Minnesota Vikings. And we talk just a teeny bit about the news from training camp so far this week. All this and much, much more. Live with Aaron. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Uh, this is Aaron. Uh, Josh and John aren't with me since this is not really a, uh, podcast. It's just supplemental for last week. But I thought I'd put up the, the remainder of the interview with Jim Campbell. There's about 15 minutes left. Um, if you guys didn't get a chance to hear it, go ahead and download episodes 39 and 38. And you'll be able to hear the beginning of this very interesting conversation with Jim Campbell. Um, and his quest to be a kicker in the NFL. And uh, just a few notes from the last few days of training camp. Uh, you guys probably heard David Patton was in the hospital. I think he's getting out today um, for viral meningitis, which is a which is not the spinal meningitis. It's the viral meningitis, which is um, a swelling of the lining of the brain. It gives you like a super bad headache. Josh had it once, and he said he felt like he was going to die. So. Um, we wish uh, David Patton the best getting out of there. Um, another note from training camp that I saw, uh, Joe Salavea is back. Um, his mom just passed away earlier this week, so we wish him the best. And um, also, I did see that in uh, training camp, um, Clinton Portis completed a 40-yard halfback pass to someone that's not going to make the team probably. And uh, what else? Um Taylor Jacobs dropped the pass, and all the fans there joked him. Anyway, we'll get more on that later this weekend when we have episode 41 for you. Um, coming up this weekend, and as always, hail to the Redskins. Hope you enjoy the rest of this uh, interview with Jim Campbell. Uh, one more note, we still need more people signing up for the uh, Fantasy Football League, so if you haven't done that, look at the main page. Uh, on the left, there's a link to sign up for the uh Actually, I think it's at the top, a link to sign up for the uh, Fantasy Football League. It should be fun. And um, other than that, uh, here's the rest of the interview with uh, Jim Campbell, and we'll talk to you later this week. Hail to the Redskins. I mean, just, um, you, know, I, you know, I thought that, you know, picking in college and, you know, there wouldn't be a great deal of difference. But, uh, you know, after a while, you know, uh, you know, when I was in camp, you know, I started seeing, you know, this paycheck that I was getting in camp. Uh, wasn't a great deal a lot. Your, your, your contract doesn't go into effect until you make the team and in, into the regular season. But still yet, I, at the time, I think I was making, uh, rookies, rookies got 450 a week and veterans got 850 a week. And, uh, you know, they're coming out of college. This is more money that I'd ever, you know, I, I ever had at one time. And, and I would quickly start seeing, I mean, this, I mean, you know, this could change my life, my family's life. And, and I wanted to really, you know, achieve that. And it really brings on a different level and the stress, you know, if, you know, if the stress were, you know, what's getting to you. And I guess it's little things like that that they choose not to put too much on someone. And, uh, you know, you, you think that someone who is a good place picker, who can kick the ball a good distance and kick it accurately, yeah, he, can, he can go in there and he can, he can, uh, knock one downfield and hang it up a little bit and get it there. But, uh, talking with Jason Baker, who at the time I think was punting with, uh, Kansas City, 
uh, about two years ago, he told me that uh, the thing upon which Hash he was punting from, his coaches expected him to put between a 42 and 44-yard punt every single time into an eight-foot box hmm. up next to the sidelines. They expected that. Wow. That, now that's, and that's precision. It's got to be. And to sit there and watch this guy in, in practice, or at least what I watched him kick at uh, – when, at a camp that we were at, uh, I mean, he was phenomenal. He was a machine. His form didn't change at all through, you know, upteen punts. Um, um, his the ball was was you know, were moonshots every time. But then you you watch on television, and these guys will put one, you know, uh, sometimes in the middle of the field, and it drifts. And um, you know, uh, of course, you've got the the weather factor there as well. But uh, you know, it's tough. It's yeah. extremely tough, and they're still, you know, you know, being able to, you know, do that. They're at the, they're at the top of the game, so, mm-hmm. um, you know. Not to mention they have eleven guys running after them. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you say, well, you say a, a fourteen-yard punt would be unacceptable, then, right? I'm sorry. A fourteen-yard punt would be unacceptable. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we and saw a few of those last year. Upon, you have, know, of course, your weather. You know. Uh, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've we heard had a 14 of yard, We had a 14 yard punt last year, uh, mm-hmm. in Washington, so, uh, <laughs> that's why I brought that up. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, it's, yeah, there's, there's factors in there. I, I heard a guy named Chuck Ramsey, who punted a lot, in several years at, um, let's see, uh, at, uh, New York, talk one time that, uh, in one of the games that, uh, uh, of course, they're you know they're rough there you know next to New Jersey and the, or actually in New Jersey I guess uh, um, at the Meadowlands uh, hit a punt into a win that uh, I think it came down for a total punt yardage of like uh, four or five yards <laughs> down straight backwards and he caught it and spiked it and down it himself. <laughs> and uh, in reverse, Danny White, who was punting at the time for Dallas. That day had a 60, 60 something yard punt, okay, in the game, and with a total of I think four or five punts, and still only had like a uh, 11 yard average on all that. <laughs> uh, it's just, I mean, you know, the, the, it's monstrous. You know, some of the days that you have sometimes, um, you know, it. Uh, and these are guys that that punted in in this league for years and years, and it just it happens. Wow. It happens. You know, uh, two or three of them though can get you a plane ride home though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Games that is. So, um, you know, they, they all, when I got up there, it was, a, it was one of the things that they were telling us about, you know, that the, the, uh, the, the NFL stands for not for long. <laughs> that's what they, yeah, so that's, and I don't know if that was what that was, if that was just a cruel thing they were throwing at us rookies or not, but, uh, yeah, I, I still remember that. But, wow. um, you know, um, uh, you, you talk about some of the, the the really neat and fun things that I, that, that when I look back, uh, the first game that uh, I got to play in was uh, against uh, uh, New Orleans. Uh, one of my favorite kickers, Morton Anderson, I got to meet him at midfield and uh, talk with him for a few minutes and just a super nice guy. And, um, but when we were warming up, 
uh, out on the field. We were, of course, in our groups and our lines, and, you know, we were, uh, this was well before the game. And, and I, the way I believe it is, each NFL team, they have their own band. And I didn't know that, and not having been to uh, many NFL games before that. And while they were out there, you know, if you remember these old NFL films uh, from like the, the 50s and the 60s, you know, and this, this jazz music that they would play, and, you know, of course you had the old announcers speaking through this music, you know, that they're, they're, this old band, you know, this band was playing this old jazz music out there that was on these, these, these old NFL highlight, you know, uh, tapes, and it just, it made my blood boil. You know, just, just thinking about that and, you know, the, the, I guess, you know, what I was, you know, I was involved in at the time, that was, um, that was tremendous. You know, um, uh, we played one game at the old Cleveland Stadium and going up there, everybody talked about how, what such a, a, a dump that it was and it was right there on the, uh, you know, on the lake and the wind just howled through and, uh, I left it. I love that old stadium to walk in there and see that it was huge. And, you know, the, of course, the other locker rooms probably dated back to the 1930s, but, uh, you know, walking down the tunnel from the locker, locker room, um, and this was a very long tunnel, but it was, I could just, you know, you know, feel the presence of, you know, some of these huge names that had walked down this tunnel also. And, uh, that was, that was so much fun. That was so much fun. And, of course, there, their, uh, uh, their uh, tunnel come up through the, the dugouts, uh, which uh, Cleveland, that, the stadium at Cleveland was an old baseball stadium as well. And uh, it's just, you know, tremendous. And then you walk out and uh, there's the dog pound that everybody had always talked about. And, you know, uh, you know these these guys, will, they're, you know, they're, they're hurling uh, uh Dog biscuits and batteries on the field, trying to you know to hit people. And the dog town, it was a dog town, you know. And uh, so, uh, just a lot of a lot of wonderful experience, all in all. So great, that's great. Yeah. But uh, you know, it. Uh, uh, so you didn't make it to Washington then. No, 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 sure didn't, didn't get that chance and opportunity. I don't know uh, at what point if they played, uh, Washington or if they even did that year at some point. Uh, uh, I think kind of after that experience, I kind of got out of football totally altogether. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I did have one, uh, stint that next spring with the, uh, um, the World League of American Football, which is what it was called back then. It's now NFL Europe. Uh, I got signed to a contract and went to, to camp with the Birmingham Fire. And um, uh, that lasted about two weeks, and then I knew I was done after that. So, uh, that was in Alabama, correct? That was in Birmingham, Alabama, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, Isn't that I, the uh, line fire now? against another, uh, uh, another guy down there named Lynn Lyle, who had kicked at Auburn and, and made all, all SEC once or twice, I believe, and uh, he didn't kick too well, but I wasn't any better. And uh, of course, he had the uh, he had the the local name down there, and I knew that, that you know that was uh, going to probably be to my demise after toward the end of the few weeks. So yeah, it's still a good experience. Yeah, but um, so you know, uh, tell us the story about that preseason game where they brought you in and you had to kick the 
41 yarder. Yeah, that was uh, the first game that uh, we played. Uh, that was about uh, two weeks in the training camp. That was the first the first preseason game. Uh, the way that it works, it uh, the veteran uh, has the uh, has the first half. The rookie kicks in the second half, and uh, um, the uh, uh, in, in warmups I did I did really well. That, that was the first time I'd ever kicked in the dome, uh, and again on those real thin, skinny uprights. Uh, uh, 18 foot as compared to college at the time was 24 foot uprights. Um, kicked really well. Uh, again, I surprised myself. And, um, uh, the game was pretty tight, close, you know, back and forth. And, uh, on into the second half, uh, when it was my half, uh, came down to a, uh, uh, 41 yard field goal. To tie the ball game with like a, I think it was a minute 41, 241, something like that. It wasn't a last second kick, but uh, it was very critical. Um, um, you know, I didn't think a whole lot about it getting down to it, but when they called for the field goal unit, you know, I, I just went in. Uh, wasn't nervous. Uh, what I recall, I don't feel, I didn't feel nervous. I was in my zone. I had been in that situation, uh, two or three times in college. And, uh, you know, I just, I was in my zone. Um, you know, when I went onto the field and, uh, um, uh, they didn't call a timeout on me or anything like that. It was, they set it up perfect for me. 41 yards right in the middle of the field. Uh, it wasn't a, uh, real long kick, but it wasn't a chippy either. Um, and, uh, I hit the ball and, uh, when I looked up, uh, uh, I think I had uh, misplaced my plant foot just a little bit, and I kind of pushed the ball uh, slightly outside of the uprights, but it started coming back. So I'm sitting here watching the ball move back toward the uh, toward the goalposts, and uh, when it went past, uh, it was just outside the uh, the right upright, and uh, I knew at that point that. Uh, I was pretty much going to be uh, set back as a leg saver if uh, you know if I uh, if I was still with the team at that point. The, uh, but uh, they they continued to keep keep me on. But um, uh, at, at some point, at some point, I get a little I get a little bitter that uh, you know that was the the defining point of my uh, uh, professional career. Because uh, there were several guys that I uh, felt comparable to that were also starting out in, in the NFL, and it almost looked like that they got weaned into it uh, as compared to what you know my trial by fire. But I feel, I feel like, in, in retrospect, that uh, um, considering who I was competing against, that was the kick that I had to have. That was a perfect opportunity, and and I just didn't come through with it. Um, you know, I, uh, that was what I had to have because, uh, I kept getting these, uh, these hints by what I was hearing that Minnesota was a veteran team. Um, they, uh, had did really well the year before. I think they were, they went, made it to the NFC championship game, I believe. And, um, you know, I just kept, I kept hearing this stuff. We're a veteran team. We're a veteran team. So I needed something, you know, big like that uh for the opportunity i think uh, you know to have made that team mm-hmm. and um uh you know i missed it um they actually still kept me around for the next uh two preseason games and they even brought in another kicker 
uh, a guy by the name of uh, Dirk Borgonani, uh, who had a, a howitzer of a, of a leg, and uh, he still holds the national high school distance record at 68 yards out in uh, Reno, Nevada. Mm. And uh, he was he was there for a week. Uh, I couldn't believe they they cut him before they cut me, but I was still competing well. Um, it just at that at that at that point, uh, Jim Gallery was just really starting to pick up speed and uh, show what he had showed it since May the year before. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, I got to kick extra points in the uh, the next two uh, the next two uh, preseason games, and then uh, after that last one, uh, um, they uh, they uh, gave me my papers to fly home. And um, uh, but you know. I would like to have had better, but you know I wouldn't change the experience. It was it was a good experience. Hey, you did more than most people do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It uh, it was it was uh, I guess something I can tell my grandkids about someday. You know, it uh, yeah. It, uh, it it was it was a good time, and and it just you know I I I sometimes have to. Well, I, after the uh, after I was pretty much done, I didn't watch football. Couldn't sit down and watch a a college game or a pro game for about four or five years. Man. Um, I just didn't want nothing to do with it. I, I was that that disenchanted with it, I guess. And, you know, and, and now that I look back, I just, you know, I mean, I got to see the inside of my, my favorite NFL team, you know, yeah. growing up. I just, I watched religiously and, and uh, you know, I guess uh, to, the clouds are gone, and I, and I see how fortunate I was. And uh, um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are. There's several guys that I met before they actually made it. And uh, you know, and I can and I can see some of the things that were you know that that they had that you know that probably I didn't have, and uh, that probably what helped them you know make it at that level. Uh, and one of those being Doug Pelfrey. Uh, just you know, the guy wasn't shakeable. You know, we would work these football, these kicking camps together, and um, he's just you know phenomenal athlete. Um, you know, uh, tr- tremendous you know psyche for an athlete. He was he was you know Larry Bird uh, uh, mentality. He just couldn't shake him, and I think he played uh, seven eight years at four of the Cincinnati Bengals as their kicker. You know, right. but uh, it's a good time. Yeah, and, and but now you're you're doing you're doing important things, right? You're a police detective now, is that right? Yes, yeah, I yeah, uh, that's kind of what I fell into. I enjoy it. Um, it uh, I'm in a uh, small town in uh, rural Tennessee, about a thirty man department, and a uh, wonderful place to to raise kids. Uh, started out in a, in a big city department, that being Nashville, uh, not not New York, but still yet pretty good size. Uh, right. And just saw that wasn't for me. I uh, grew up in a rural, uh, rural Tennessee, and that's kind of where I wanted to be. And uh, you know, wouldn't change that either. So out, out there making the world a safer place. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> trying <laughs> to. Yeah. Well, but, uh, um, were you going to say something, Aaron? I was oh, going to say I still think there might be a spot for you on the Redskins because we need a long kicker specialist. We do. Uh, yeah, we still do. We need someone to be able to at least kick it past the 10. 
I would probably need relief after that first kick. <laughs> uh, Put the pads my, on. Get my trained. knees go to pieces after two or three kicks, and uh, things move around that shouldn't be moving around, so I don't kick anymore. <laughs> you know, and you, you, you talk about the Redskins. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I had uh, you know several uh, guys that I watched kick. You know, that, that I watched religiously kick, and that were a major you know influence and. You know, I can, uh, you know, uh, Mark Mosley, Mark even, Mosley though, uh, even, even though he was a straight-on kicker, I mean, I would, right. you know, uh, the way that I taught myself how to kick is that I would just go out and, and uh, kick in this little yard across the street, and I would pretend that I was, these guys that I was watching on television, do everything that they did. And, uh, you know, Mark Mosley was the one that I, I learned to kick conventional style, which is straight-on. And... Uh, then uh, also, too, I remember uh, at the same time, the Redskins had a guy named Jeff Hayes, who was their punter, and he was also a kickoff man. And at the time, I mean, that most of your, your place kickers also did your kickoffs, and, you know, that was another something that really made an impression on me that here this guy is, he's punting. And at the time, by what I could, I believe, most of your punters, you know, did not kick soccer style because uh, it was still a, a fresh thing that, you know, not a, a great deal, a lot and a large amount of people were playing soccer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I uh, would watch him and, and really, you know, that really influenced me to, to punt as well as place kick as well. And then uh, when I was in college, there was a, uh, a guy that kicked for the Redskins named Jeff Atkinson. And, uh, you know, he... He, he made a comment after a game, after he won a, a, a field goal on a game, and uh, and that really that stuck with me from my first collegiate game all the way through. And uh, he kicked the winning field goal. And of course, the reporter was uh, asking him what he was focusing on, and he said he just tried to pick somebody out of the crowd and kick it to him. <laughs> Which you know he was kicking it, you know, to, between the uprights, and and I'm like, that is so simple. <laughs> that is so such a, a a great way to look at it, and, and that really really helped me. Yeah, well, so, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, we uh, we really appreciate you coming on and and telling us all about uh, your experience and everything. Well, hey, my pleasure. Yeah, hey, uh, us 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 has been. We'll take an opportunity anytime we can <laughs> to be heard. <laughs> yeah. John, are you still there? I'm still here. <laughs> John's just, just, he's uh, listening along. It was a great. He's just great listening, story. man. He's like, "Wow, it's a great story." <laughs> tell us about um, the pantyhose. Tell, tell us about the pantyhose. Jim's bio and uh, information about Jim uh, Jim Campbell at uh, ProKicker dot com, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll have a link up uh, on the website for that. We'll put a link up for it. Yeah, but great, yeah, wonderful, wonderful cam system. That is, uh, that is Ray Guy. If you remember Ray Guy, he is the, um, you know, the, uh, the punter that, uh, changed the game. Uh, the Raiders had him back in the, uh, mid 70s on through, and he is just a wonderful down home person as, you know, anybody you'd want to meet. Uh, and he does this. He doesn't have to do this. He does this because he wants to give back. And, um, you know, it, uh, um, it's, it's, yeah, check it out. Check it out. ProKicker.com. We'll have the link on the website. And uh, before we go, Jim, I got to get you to tell me the story about the pantyhose that you were wearing on the field. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know 
where this came up with, I think uh, uh, this was uh, one of the kickers, uh, two kickers before me. This was about the uh, uh, mid to late 80s. Uh, these uh, um, these old track, track tights or whatever they're called, uh, this was before those things came out and you could find them real easy. Uh, I had just started dating a girl who's now my, now my wife. I, uh, I, uh, at, uh, we had a game coming up and this was at, uh, Moorhead State University in Moorhead, Kentucky. And the forecast was, uh, for about, uh, two degrees below zero. And we don't have that cold kind of weather that much up there, but it was coming down. And, uh, so, uh, I just started dating her and I asked her if she would care to go in and buy me a pair of pantyhose that I could wear underneath my, uh, my, uh, football pants, uh, just, uh, you know, put on, uh, you know, a sweatpants or something would really restrict my kicking motion, at least that's what I told her. And, uh, um, she went and got me a pair of these, what was called Big Mama <laughs> pantyhose. <laughs> um, and, uh, of course, uh, uh, I had these things in the locker room and was putting them on, and I, I would cut them off. I cut them off just below the knee, but uh, I wanted to stay warm because, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, being a kicker, I had to stand on the sidelines and, you know, do as much as I could to stay loose and stay warm. And uh, It was a critical conference game at the time, so, uh, um, you know, I bought these, and there were several guys that were kind of chuckling at me. and. Um, before him, and uh, but the uh, majority of them, they wanted my pantyhose from me because it was that cold. And uh, uh, I think the actual temperature was something like uh, um, five or six, uh, just above, but it was miserable due to the wind that was blowing in there. And uh, it was still cold, but uh, there was a lot of guys that day that were much colder than what I was. And I had a, I had a fantastic game. I think I hit three three for three on field goals and uh it turned out to be that those three field goals were the difference between a pair, you know a touchdown for each team so uh it, it worked out despite the embarrassing stories i have to tell nowadays about it <laughs> so you didn't kick barefoot i guess no, Lord, no. how would those guys uh, handle that cold no no man uh, yeah and it's funny so. that types that are similar to that are, are all in the vogue now and all sorts of yeah. sports it's right. like before there was Under Armour, there was yeah, Big Mom. Yeah, guys will guys will wear them and you know think nothing of it, and uh, uh, so just you know, lucky for me, back in those days, you couldn't find them. And so, it, all with, it all started back with Big Mama. Uh, Big Mama, so that's right. That's <laughs> right. That at the time, that's all that would fit me, and those are still hard to get on. <laughs> I bet you Big Mama was a lot cheaper than Under Armour is, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What. Uh, uh, $2 compared to $60, I guess. Something like right, that. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, well, so. did they at least let you get keep your uniform there? I'm sorry? Did you at least get your jersey? From uh, from college? From the Vikings. From, from the NFL. Oh, no. Oh, no. They, they, uh, they pretty much, uh, you know, at, at that level, I'm sure if you make the team, um, you probably are given a little bit more if you're there a year or two. Uh, more or less what I, what I consider what I've done out of respect for those guys that actually, you know, do make the, uh, the, the regular preseason roster. I guess I consider myself a, an extended tryout. And, uh, of course they, uh, you know, the, they don't tell you until the next morning, you know, that, that they're going to cut you. 
Uh, when you come into the facility, they pretty much they hand you your stuff that was in your locker uh, and uh, in, a, in, a, in a bag, and, and uh, you're done at that point. Um, I've heard I've heard stories that, uh, uh, and this is coming from these other guys that I was in camp with, that uh, you know they uh, either had been dressed and were out in formation with the team and uh, warming up for that day's of practice, and they just start coming out and pulling people out of line, hmm. you know, and, you, and you're cut, you know, and, and it's that's that's it's embarrassing, and it's you know, that's the way it is. And then I heard uh, one time that there was a guy that uh, actually knew he was going to be cut due to his performance in camp, and, you know, ran into the, the facility that day, got his uniform on, and... Um, you know, pretty much tried to hide from him out in the uh, group warming up. And, uh, you know, basically eventually found him somewhere in that in the group and uh, pulled him out. <laughs> he tried just to get past him to get to get in his uniform one more time. So they pretty much they try to control your access. I think after you've been given notification that you're you're done there. So right, you know right. that's understandable. You know. So, but no, I didn't get anything. I, I got the, uh, I got my name plaque that was above my uh, locker. That let you get out with that. So, there you go. Yeah. But, uh, well, anyway, yeah. thanks for the uh, very interesting inside look at the tryouts for an NFL team. Um, we appreciate it. That's the inside look to Jim Campbell. Not maybe it may be different to somebody else, but uh, at least that's my story. And and the Redskins do have a uh, fond memory of up there in Minnesota being that Super Bowl in 1991. Yeah. So uh, we do have that connection too. All right, I think you were Humphrey down. <laughs> so anyway, thanks a lot, Jim. Yeah, thanks, Jim. My yeah, pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> My pleasure. All right.